This is episode number 22. Wow, 22. Rob's not with us today, still handling some of his uh, business at home, but I do have with us today, Brian. Brian, say hi. Hi. (laughs) What's up? Also with us, a lot of you, uh, I've been talking about Jake for a few episodes. He's the one that's been helping us out with the uh, webpage and stuff. Jake is with us as well. Say hi, Jake. Hey, everyone. So the elusive Jake, he's the guy that's been handling all of this craziness that is our webpage and doing a fantastic job. Kudos to Golfers Clap. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. Thank you. We appreciate it. <laughs> so, 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 Jake, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. What? Uh, how long have you been flying helicopters? Um, helicopters? That's a good question because I started flying. Um, my first was a Blade CP. I got that some six, eight years ago when it first came out. Mm-hmm. But um, I really got into it about two years ago. I think it was summer of 2009. I really, really dove into the helicopter side of things. I was always into the planes and stuff before that. So, so probably about two years, I'd say. So, what are you flying now? What do you got? What are you flying? Um, What's in your well, fleet? I, I have my my. Flybird 500, um, aligned T-Rex, and then I have my Mikado Gowie 200 and my MCPX. Did you say your Mikado Gowie 200? Yeah. You have a you have a Mikado Gowie. Yes, it's, it's the Gowie with the Mikado in it. Ah, very interesting. So you have some exciting news. Uh, you have a helicopter coming in here shortly, don't you? Uh, supposedly. That's what they supposedly. keep saying. Come on, man, lay it on us. What is it? What is it? They're saying the goblins are coming in. I haven't seen them yet, though. A goblin. Jake's getting a goblin. They're saying the goblins are coming in, but he's getting a a, uh, X5, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, hey, you know what? I I actually am going to get a goblin eventually, too. Jake just kind of is a little bit braver than I am and decided to get one right out of the gate. I'm going to wait. I'm going to give it up some time to see what happens. I, mean, I, I expect there will be parts delays, and I expect it will probably have to, you know, sit in the hangar broken for a month at a time, but, you know, that happens. So uh, what do you do when you're not uh, fixing our webpage and or flying your helicopters? Pretending to work. Yeah? Yeah. Um, That's kind of like my gig. Yeah. That's kind of what I do every day, kind of yeah. pretend you to work. You know, I, I talk to you all day while I'm at work, so. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's pretty cool, and you've got, uh, you know, I mentioned a few episodes ago that uh, you've got that big old F-350 in your driveway, and then a small little, what is it, a, it's like a hybrid SUV? Um, not even. It's it's more of a station wagon. Uh-huh. And the it's wife, of the... course, gets to drive the F-350. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And you get to drive the station wagon. Yep. 
Yep. So, but I do get 50 miles to the gallon, so I'm okay with that. Dude, you got to hand that man card over, man. I got to cut one corner off well, of with it. With the F350, I got a question. When you pull up next to the igloo, does the sound of that, that turbo diesel cause cracks in the ice on the igloo? Sometimes. Mm. It's a beautiful sound, though, isn't it? But you can't specify it by the turbo diesel because that's what my car is. That's why you're getting that 50 miles to the gallon. So that'll be pretty handy come Urcha time, huh? It'll be less expensive for you to get over there. And actually, tonight, guys, I was watching the news. Did you guys see that gas is supposed to get up to, like, five nine or four ninety five this summer? Yeah, I heard that the other day, I think. That's ridiculous. So, Brian, what have you been up to since we talked to you last, man? Eh, a little bit of work in. Did some, uh, well, since you last talked to me, my 550, Chaos 550 came in and... Mm-hmm. I got that bad boy set up and flying. Did I send you that link to the YouTube video? You better do that, then we can put it in our show notes. I'll do that. Um, and then uh, I made my uh, quadcopter, uh, made it where I can record video with it for a little project we have at work. What so, uh, what quadcopter did you get? The the venerable, brand new, spanking E-Flight MQX. Ah. It's a fun little quad. I, yeah. I have flown one. Quads are way down on the list, though. But it's still just... something to do. I mean, you know, I, I, I will. you know, yeah. The afternoon, me and Evie, my dog, my 140-pound Rutledge German Shepherd, we worked on building the mechanics for my MD500E 700 class scale bird. Yeah. Very nice. That's that blue and white lightning one, isn't it? Well, it's, yeah, blue and silver. Yep, yep, yep. Blue and silver, yeah. That, uh we should get some uh, do you have any pictures of that fuselage yet uh i haven't taken any yet i was going to do that as soon as i throw the uh, skids on it's made it's it's modeled after the g jive itself um so it's got the the longer skids uh the reinforced skid pipes it's just a cool looking md 500 I like that pointed nose so yeah yeah can you guys hear crooked head going off crooked head said hi oh yeah she's on a roll tonight guys she's 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 in the mood. Cabin fever, I guess. It happens. She's prowling around the house just uh, just looking for pro- trouble. I mean, she's just literally looking for something to mess up. No, any crashing lately? Last time I talked to you, you would uh, put in your 450, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, I had a brown out and it went, uh, I gotta go. Mm-hmm. No yeah. crashes since then? No, 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 not a bit. So a lot of guys, a lot of people might know, Brian actually is a seaman. <laughs> Really? <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, he spends a lot of time out 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 on the ocean. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm out there doing my part to try to keep the cost of fuel here in the U.S. down in the Gulf of Texaco. Really? And I'm calling. And I'm calling you. I'm calling you a seaman. Oh yeah. I'm sailing. <laughs> Dan says it's not gay when you're underway. <laughs> Oh, that's a whole other story. How's the, how's the weather? I hear you guys are getting a cold snap down there. What is it, 40, yeah, 41? It got down to 32 this morning. It's been between 35 Ooh. and 39. The fireplace is going right now. Dogs curled up by it. But How uh, are you warm weather dicks handling that? I mean, is it two just... Two hoodies. <laughs> two hoodies. I'm telling you what, man. That's like nice weather for us up in this neck of the woods. I got a I flight couldn't. in today. Did you? Yeah. I was trying. I kind of put my hands through the little kangaroo pouch on my hoodie, and like had my transmitter underneath it, and kind of flew it that way. And mm-hmm. Yeah. I got some flights in today too. I actually uh, Sunday, uh, gym day. I went to the gym, 
and uh, flew my MCPX. And as usual, I start off liking it and end up hating it because it usually breaks by the time I'm done. And, of course, it broke. I broke two tails today. Why don't you convert it to brushless? Oh, do we really need to go down that road again? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Dan, you can – dude, I hated my MCPX. I absolutely hated it. I contacted Benny, and he hooked me up with the perfect brushless setup and the tail, and now I love it. I beat the piss out of it. I take it to work and scare the coworkers. It's awesome. I, I refuse to spend unnecessary money on that MCPX. Here we uh, go 50 again. Bucks. 50 bucks. Here mm-hmm. we go again. Hey, Matt Naska, you guys, in this interview we did, Matt Naska tried to convince me otherwise, and I simply told him that I'm not buying it. I'm just not. So. Would you like me to get you a brushless conversion for Valentine's Day? I'd rather you just give me a box of candy. Okay. <laughs> you want little hearts that say, I love you, or how about since I'm in Texas, Te Alamo? That would be great. That would be awesome. Sweet. Anyway, back to my flying. You know what? I tell you, I did get several. Well, I've got like nine in batteries the in the gym. I actually got some pictures of my buddy Fred's uh, tricked out brushless carbon frame SR120 tail you know, aluminum swash plate. MCPX? MCPX that probably costs more than, you know, an X7. But, uh, again. He's stretching it. He, he, flew, he flew into me, and we had another. We had two midairs today, and both of them were his fault. Uh, I, I That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Too much power for him. Can't control the beast. <laughs> yeah. I, I may have actually been the one that flew into him but i don't really i it doesn't that's not how it's playing back in my mind so yeah i'm pretty sure that uh i'm pretty sure it was the other way around so other than that i really haven't been you know the weather uh last week i was able to get out to the field for two days in a row we talked about that a little bit last week but um weather's although the weatherman tells me it's going to be 49 degrees and sunny he's been absolutely full of shit for the last week on that call this weekend it was supposed to be beautiful snowy windy crappy that's yep. the thing about weathermen, Dan. They can be right like 80% of the time and still have a job. I don't get that, man. I mean, if I was wrong that percentage of time, I'm, and well, you know, when I was working, when I was wrong that many times, they would fire me. So we got a listener email I want to read uh, to you guys uh, from a guy named Chris. Chris Treby is his last name. Just wanted to write and tell you guys what an awesome job you're doing on the show. I drive an hour each way to work and back and RC Heli Nation makes the drive something I look forward to. He tells us that he's catching up on all the other shows and he doesn't quite know what he's going to do when uh, he does catch up because obviously we know he's able to listen to a show each day. And I've actually had a few listeners, uh, by the way, Chris, thanks for the email. We, we love to hear from you guys. Uh, I've had a few listeners ask if, if we would consider doing <laughs> multiple shows a week. And uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen because it, it is a lot of work just to do this one show. So I kind of like the one show a week format. We're probably going to stick with that. We'll see what happens though. You know, when we do start getting into some of the events this summer, we're going to be looking at doing uh, daily shows. They're going to be shorter episodes, 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes, kind of a recap of what happened. We plan on doing it at Urcha. Um, and if we, you know, the whole RC Heli Nation team um, for the most part is probably going to be there. Rob, Jake, me, uh, Brian's going to be there, and so we're going to be doing some pretty cool stuff for Mercha. And we're going to be also doing – there's a few events prior to that, which we're going to be trying to kind of 
test the waters with this idea we have. And one thing in, in particular I want to talk about, and I don't know if, if Rob's going to be able to make many of these, but uh, I'm going to try to get out to a few events. And one in particular, I got an email from uh, a guy in Wyoming, Jack is his name, and he represents the Gillette Sage Hoppers. They're having an event in June 23rd and 24th. And um, the cool thing about this one is it's also not only a fly-in, but Todd Bennett is going to be doing a two-day clinic there. Jack tells me there are a few spots open. So if anybody in that area, you know, Denver, Billings, you know, in that region is interested, shoot me an email and I'll get you in touch with Jack and we'll see if we can't get you signed up. I think the cost is $350 per student uh, for two days. Uh, apparently some really good training. I'm, I'm going to take advantage of it. So I'll be there. Also, there's Snohomish coming up. I don't know the dates on that one yet. And then, of course, HeliPro's going to be there. We're going to try to get Rob to some of these events, like I said, but it's hard to say what his work schedule is. How about you guys? Do you got any cool events coming up that you know of? I'm spending all my money preparing for Urcha. Oh, you're just gonna make sure you hit Urcha and. I wanted I wanted to go to the Las Vegas Fun Fly, but uh, yeah, yeah, my my boss at, at the Job, he kind of well, looked the, at me like I was an idiot. So yeah, here's the deal. I actually wanted to go, and I still might. It all depends upon whether or not. Occasionally, they run these incredible uh, Las Vegas round trip tickets for like forty bucks, right? So it it might be a last minute thing, but I might still go, if the airlines here are running those specials. So yeah, that's something that I still might be able to make, but it's going to be one of those uh, last minute. Yeah. I can make it type deals. So I'm not really, not really planning on making it there, but hoping to make it there. So guess, guess what else I did this week, guys? <laughs> something cool and awesome and fabulous. Yeah. I answered uh Craigslist personal ad. Really? And how'd that turn out? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I was looking on Craigslist for some uh, equipment for the show for, I'm looking for a mixer. And uh, I was just kind of scanning through the things, and I saw they had a tab for personals. I was like, "What? What do you mean, personals on Craigslist? What is that? What? I don't quite get that. What? You know?" So I just decided this woman had this ad, and I thought it'd be kind of fun just to see what happens. I'm going to kind of talk to you know, as 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 I go through the process of talking to this person, I'm going to kind of tell everybody on the show what's happening. So far, nothing. So uh, what's going to so, happen next is you're going to start getting spam emails for you know Russian brides. Yeah. I get that already. Answered a few before then, haven't you? Well, I'm not. Uh, I'm pleading the fifth there. <laughs> I didn't, but I didn't know that cows could do personal ads on Craigslist. I mean, that that like majority of what's up in Montana is like sagebrush and cattle and sheep. horses and she oh sheep. sheep. That's why Rob <laughs> wants to go to Montana. Okay. <laughs> Montana, where the men are men and the, and sheep, the sheep are nervous. nervous. So other than that, I'm pretty excited. Jake's been kind of giggling uh, for the last uh, hour or so. I got a new iMac coming in this week. Really looking forward to that. And uh, I'm excited. Jake isn't too excited for me, I don't think. But uh, I'm excited I'm, for you. I'm a total I'm Apple, excited. I'm a total Apple fanboy now. Total. I'm all about Apple now. Well, guys, that's pretty much uh, what's been happening with us. I guess it's probably time to go into some news. What do you think? No. Yeah, he does it a lot better. Than 
Hey guys, Dan here. I want to remind you about the Highly Pros discount code. $10 off any purchase of $100 or more. Check it out, helipros.com. Log in, find out what you need. Apply the code RCHN0212 and you get $10 off your order for $100. Not valid with the weekly loot deals and one use per customer. This is going to expire February 29th, so Helipros supports the nation, so let's support Helipros. Alrighty, let's see. Got the news sheet here. I couldn't really dig up any specific news, but there are a few things I want to talk about. And you'll look, if you see in the show notes, I just made a mention of uh, a listener of the show who's also a contributing writer for RC Heli Nation, CR Models. He did a What's in the Box uh, video for the AR7200 uh, Beast X, the ARBX, as I like to call it. I did watch it, and, you know, he's not real familiar with fly barless systems yet, so he didn't really uh, have any specifics about it, but you can get a good look at it and uh, kind of get his thoughts on it. So we're going to put show notes up for that. Also, um, one kind of a cool thread that I saw on HeliFreak, uh, these kind of stories hit home with me, uh, and I just love to talk about them. But there was a there's a user on HeliFreak who had a has a child a young kid that uh, was wheelchair bound and the doctors were telling him that and uh, I cannot remember C D Sexton from Columbus yeah. Ohio what a great story you know actually um, you know it's not really heli news but I think it's kind of neat you know he's actually got video of when this child got up out of it not it didn't see him get up out of the wheelchair but you could see him walking, and, and just the excitement in this guy's voice is just—it's quite amazing. I really—we're going to put a show note up to that because I think that's an awesome video, and yes, it definitely, is. definitely check that out. Well, you know, it's proof positive. You know, you people tell you all your lives what you can and can't do, and you know, sometimes you got to have faith. And you know, I, I I give the man, you know, much props. You know, his, his son, you know, diagnosed at eight months with cerebral palsy, and. You know, they're saying, oh, he'll never walk, he'll never walk. And then, you know, he's, he sells off his heli, heli fleet, you know, just to buy his son a wheelchair to keep him in classes that, you know, that are for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then all of a sudden his son, you know, you know, on, on the 9th of February 2012, walks after three years of being told it's not going to happen. You can't do it. So, yeah. In other news, guys, did you see where uh... – MSH is having some issues with their fly bar list controller. I guess the guy who was developing it is now, he walked with it, and he's trying to shop it around to other other uh, competitors. Yeah. I think that's pretty, uh, I don't Shitty? know, underhanded. Yeah, underhanded, um, that word, yeah. Um, it kind of <laughs> sucks. Well, you know, the thing of it is, yeah. guys, is we don't know the whole story. I mean, I, I only read... I only read the, I guess the the message that um, uh, that God damn it, I keep getting that wrong. MS MH, MSH 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 put up on their on their uh, webpage, and it certainly is a one one side of, of a story, and every story has two sides. But if the guy did walk away with their stuff after a couple of years of developing, I think that's a pretty shitty thing to do. Yeah, especially since they've been yeah, paying nothing. the guy to develop it. Yeah. So about you, Brian? You got any news, man? Well, our Chaos 550 is in the U.S. and going through very last testing. Of course, I got get the beat on mine, and um, they're fixing to be released to John Q. Public, a.k.a. the Heli Flying Group, and mm-hmm. they're awesome. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So, yeah. And our our uh, our new Black Widow Fly Bars controller is in, and we just got the revision three of the software, and so far everything's looking good. So, but uh, as far as as far as uh, I, I don't know if it, it qualifies as noobs. One thing I do want to, to mention that happened to one of my teammates last night is lipo safety. And uh-huh. I mean, as far as you know, we're we're getting these high power systems. Guys are building up to what 14s setups now with the 800s and whatnot. Mm. And uh, make sure you check polarity and you know be careful because uh, not only can you burn down your house, but you can cause yourself seriously bodily injury or death as well. Make sure you check yeah. your polarity and make sure you're uh, not fatigued when you're charging or plugging in lipos so. it, it's like it's like i've said many times before you know electric uh helicopters and the uh, the power systems that drive them uh it's a lot like religion they're meant to be feared and respected <laughs> so anyway guys we had uh the pleasure of uh matt nasca driver on our show and jc zankel joined him of course these are two uh Gowie representatives uh team empire Gowie representatives. I think it was a really good interview. I think uh, Rob was actually able to join us with this uh, on this interview last night, so he's he's there as well by the magic of the interwebs. Rob is with us in that interview. So we're going to go ahead and play that now. I hope you guys enjoy it. We'll catch you on the other side. Hi, this is Courtney from South Florida, and you're listening to RC Heli Nation. Lock it in and rip the knob off. Hey, Rob, guess who we have with us today? Uh, who's that? We have with us Matt Nazca Driver. <laughs> <laughs> One letter away from being famous. And J.C. Zenkel. Hey, what's guys, what's up? happening? With the unnatural spelling without the E on the end. Just an observation. That's all, J.C. It's, it's all good, man. <laughs> so, J.C., you've been on the show before. What's been going on, man? What you been doing? I know the big... Uh, X7 release. We're going to get more into that uh, here later in this interview, but uh, you guys must be excited about the X7 release. Very pleased, man. We've uh, we're we're doing well. X7's uh, flying off the shelf, literally. Yeah, that's awesome. Matt Nasca is also a Gowie pilot. Uh, are you sponsored directly, Matt, from Gowie, or are you? What's your affiliation? Uh, no, not not directly with Gowie. Team Empire. Okay, so you're a Team Empire guy as well yes wow it's like the team empire uh hour power here with rob and <laughs> jc and and uh matt here Heck yeah. yes it is yep so matt you haven't been flying all that long as i understand it um i've been flying helicopters since 2010 so wow. just yeah just a couple of years yeah i hate you too just like i hate rob Perry. <laughs> 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 a lot of sim time I, I can imagine. Holy shit. So uh, you've been flying since 2010. And uh, what did you – did you start out with Gowie? What, what was your first helicopter? No. Actually, uh, my wife and I were walking through Kohl's, which is a little department store here. And they had a sale, an after-Christmas sale, on little coaxial helicopters. So I bought one and flew it around, I don't know, pretty much constantly for uh, about a week. And then I uh, went up to the local hobby shop and talked to one of the guys who set me up with um, uh, an MCX, and that evolved the next week into an MSR, and that evolved the next week into a T-Rex 450. 
He went from Coles to uh, competition in less than a year, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's uh, th- that transition between those helicopters was just a month. So it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, it, it's a very addictive hobby. And once you get into it, you just want more and more and more. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Did you immediately start on the sim? I mean, did someone point you to a sim right away? Well, I had the benefit of um, when I was actually at the hobby shop, I got a card for a local club and um, called one of the guys on the card and they directed me to the gym where they fly to, where they flew on the weekends. And um, I just I brought in the helicopter there and they suggested I get a sim that it would save me some money in crash cost and man has it. And uh, that's pretty much it. That's how I got introduced to the sim and uh, just went and flew with those guys on the weekend and simmed as much as I could during the week. How much do you sim? Not as much anymore, uh, but over the last couple of years, I would say probably two to three hours a day. God, maybe. How do you guys? How do you guys maintain that focus on the sim for so long? I don't understand it. I mean, I fifteen minutes on the sim, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that's kind of actually how I am now. You know, I'll fly for like maybe ten or fifteen minutes and take a break, just as if I was flying. You know, in real life, um, mm-hmm. obviously, I don't fly for ten or fifteen minutes in real life, but. Um, it, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, it was, it's fun and I was obsessed with it. So I would just, you know, time just flies right by. What is your favorite sim? Well, I've, I have the Phoenix, um, but mm-hmm. after flying JC's real flight, I think I might have to invest in one of those real flight sixes. Those mm-hmm. are really, really nice. It's a lot, in my opinion, a little bit truer to the way a real helicopter flies. Have you had a chance to try out the the Beta 4 on Phoenix that just was released recently? Yes, I did. I downloaded that a couple of days ago, and um, it's the helicopters fly essentially the same as three, but they're a little different. They don't. They're a little bit more precise. So it's, yeah. it's a, definitely a step in the right direction, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, you hear it all the time. You hear it. You hear it. Sim, 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 sim. It's it's important to sim, and you know, I just I, I get it, and I certainly would never tell anyone to not sim. But you know, for me, Sims just really—it's really hard for me to make the to make the transition from Sim to real life. You gotta well, like readjust sometimes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, when you're up here in Minnesota, I mean, it's today was a 14 degree high, so you can't really fly. So the only mm-hmm. thing to do really is to practice the Sim. And one of the things that really helped me was when I would I would Sim and then go and fly on the weekends. If I couldn't do it in the Sim, I wouldn't attempt it you know, with the actual helicopter. So I'd practice things in the sim until I could do them, and then it made it a lot less scary when I went out to actually try it for the first time. So that's the way, the kind of method that I used, and, um, you know, it seemed to have worked so far. So, you know, you hear a lot of – one thing that's amazing, you know, you talk – well, for me anyway, we talked to you guys like, you know, Rob Cherry, you guys that just mm-hmm. recently picked up the hobby. I mean, relatively speaking, you know, you got guys like JC who's been doing it ever since he was an embryo, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And then you got, you know, and then we've got these newer guys like that. Well, these guys like you who fly very proficiently, obviously, but haven't been flying that long. How do the rest of us mere mortals get past those hangups? I mean, is it I mean, I don't you know what I mean? Because like there's things like I'm still at well, I'm at 48 degrees now, Rob. I don't know if I told you that the other day. Nice, nice. But I, you know, I'm at I'm, I'm four years into the hobby. Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't push myself as hard as you guys do. But for the rest of our listeners out there that are just they're just wondering, God, am I ever going to get past this? Am I ever going to get past this? What what advice do you give them? Because you got past it relatively quick. Um, just keep you know, yourself to the grindstone. You know, that's good advice. 
but it's um, it's like doctors telling people to quit smoking. You know, <laughs> it's a lot easier said than done. Right. You know, okay. Let me let me let me kind of simple it up for you a little bit. What would you tell somebody that's trying to get into maybe inverted circuits, and, and they're struggling with it, and they want to get it down, but they just they, they for whatever reason they can't. Do they, can they break up their routine, their practice? How do you set up a, a practice routine to make sure you're touching on those points that you need to progress? Well, I'll take that one. Um, you know, that's one of the things that is really good for the sim. Uh, you develop muscle memory, you know, knowing which way to go on the sticks. And that's the kind of thing that you really become proficient with in the sim. And then when you go out and do it in real life, you have a little added you know, it's a little bit more nerve-wracking because you've got, you know, $1,500 up in the air. But, yeah. you know, it's at least you know what way to go on the sticks. And then it's it's purely confidence after that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. So, you know, a, a combination of, of the practice for the muscle memory and then the confidence to actually do it and the balls to do it. And, um, you know, once you get those three in line, you know, it's just a matter of learning, you know, different skills and tying things together and, you know, being a little creative. Matt, you know, it's it just comes right down to uh, the simple matter of fact. You just you just got to put in the the stick time to get past these points. And you know, I think for us guys up here in the colder winter climates, uh, which makes it all that more amazing for you know guys like you that have progressed so quickly. We do have so many months of downtime, mm-hmm. uh, and I know that this this winter particularly, I worked especially hard on just maintaining what I accomplished last uh, summer oh yeah yeah i know what you mean with that it's yeah it's it's kind of tough you know you look at um you know being out in arizona or southern california or south florida you know those guys can fly all year round outside and i mean you know there's no replacement for actual stick time so i mean the best we can do is try to be as proficient as we can you know what we call those guys don't you Matt? lucky as hell no, we call them warm weather dicks. That's what we call them. <laughs> yeah. Chase, Chase, he's a warm weather dick. I was going to say, who are you guys talking about? Uh-huh. 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 So you've got your sponsorship, and, and is it just uh, Team Empire you're sponsored with, or do you have any other sponsors? Um, well, I, I uh, the very first uh, team that I was uh, added to uh, was the Byron Fuels Rotor Rage team. Mm-hmm. And um, they've just been great. They have amazing fuel, and um, they've just been very supportive. Then it was uh, Edge Rotor Blades and uh, Volts Lipos from Ready RC, and uh, just really, really enjoying their products and just uh, a great company to, to be a part of there for the team. Uh, and then YS Engines and uh, Scorpion Power Systems as well. Very nice. So which do you prefer? Given the, give, if you had to choose... Nitro or electric? Uh, and I mean, once and for all, this is it. Which would you choose? Oh, man, that's tough. I don't think I can answer that question. Um, it, it really, it depends on the day because, you know, some days you just want to be balls to the wall and just, you know, hammer on the helicopter and, and the electric power is amazing. And then mm-hmm. sometimes you just want to, you know, you don't have a way to charge. You just want to throw a couple of receiver packs and a gallon of fuel in the car and, you know, just go fly, you know, eight or ten flights and, Nitro is awesome for that. Um, you know, one of our one of our listeners, Matt, had a had a great quote. Laser twenty two is his name, and he said, uh, "Electrics have more power, but Nitro has more soul." 
Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. awesome. That's a great quote, isn't it? Yeah, because there's, I mean, yeah. the, the presence of a nitro, you got the sound and the smell and you got the smoke everywhere. It's just exciting. It's got an interesting presence. And, you know, I found that just in when I ask people, what do they want to see? You know, if I've got both helicopters there, they typically will pick the nitro that they want to see fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just got a lot of presence to it. So, yeah, that's a very cool statement. Yeah, that's a good quote. Are you competing or are you just demoing at this point? Um, at this point, just demoing. Um, I'm, you know, th- there's a, a gigantic difference between JC and I. Um, you know, I'm I'm still new and still learning, and like he is amazing. He's got just the most precise and clean, and and uh, I mean, just his whole flying style is in, is incredibly, uh, it's precision, and he's just really really good at that. And I'm more, I guess, more of a stick banger and. And uh, so I need to really work on being precise and learning how to do everything smooth before I can compete. In my opinion, do you so, have any? Do you have any? Uh, do you have any tissue handy there? <laughs> I'm just thinking. You do know that JC's listening, right? I'm just thinking oh, yeah. you might want to ch- yeah. might want to yeah. check the tip tip of your nose there. <laughs> well, I had the opportunity to fly with him uh, a few weekends ago, and you know, I was <clears throat> just just in retrospect, you know, part of what was neat to go down there is. Um, is is just to uh you know to kind of see how he flies see how he practices and that kind of thing just so i can learn yeah um you know it was just uh i'd really never spent uh time really watching him fly that much in person and uh it's just amazing to see you know moves that he did that i've never even seen before and uh just the the precision that he had in doing that was just amazing so it's it just showed me that i've got a long 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 way to go yeah, well, you know, it'll come around. I mean, I've seen some of your videos, so that's awesome. You know, it's I've kind of think, been thinking lately about the whole Minnesota connection, and it reminds me of uh, back in the 90s when, you know, music scene was in Los Angeles, and all of a sudden it moved up to Seattle. Mm-hmm. It's like like Minnesota's kind of becoming, there's a lot of act, you know, heli activity of good pilots out of that region, you know. It's just kind of strange, it's cold weather cold weather flyers that, that are really putting out some nice like rob cherry's flying is just yeah, what do you think great. jc yeah. what do you think of rob cherry's flying isn't his, his the way he flies is just man i love to watch him fly yeah with those reversals he's got uh he's got good smack going on uh, you're obviously you're gonna hit the the big ones this year urcha and uh, i guess what do you guys got up there in minnesota pitch fest or something to that effect yeah, yeah we've got uh the, the great northern pitch fest and uh i think that's they haven't uh, given us a date exactly for that yet. Um, they have the Pumpkin Thrash and, um, oh, what's the other one here? Uh, the Rotary Ringout, and that's in August right after Urcha. Yeah. So I've got, I think, 14 dead to this year. So I'm going to ask you to give some of our listeners a little bit of advice. Now, we asked JC this uh, last time he was on. Your perspective might be a little more different because you are fairly new to the scene. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of good pilots out there, a mm-hmm. lot of pilots that are wanting some type of sponsorship. Mm-hmm. What do you suppose is the best way they go about that? Um, you know, in, in and this is kind of my opinion and, and what I've noticed is, you know, this is a wonderful hobby. And it's full of great people who really want to, you know, concentrate and focus and, you know, have – you know, have developed their own flying styles. And the thing that has helped me the most is having people help me. So what I've tried to do is take the knowledge that I've gained from the message boards and 
from you know my own experiences and um, experiences and travels and help other people so that they can enjoy the hobby as well. So that's that's what I try to do. And one of the things that I've noticed in in talking to um, you know the managers of the teams that I'm on is you know they're really that's that's very important. So you know when for instance if somebody's at, at a local field and you know they're having trouble tuning their engine, you know I would love to go over there and help them with it and get their get their machine running right. You know mm-hmm. so that's the type of thing that I really enjoy doing. And um, you know being a, a great pilot is, is great. But you really need to help others as well, and as a group, you kind of bring the hobby up. So that's that's what I think is as important as you know, give of yourself, and um, you can be a part of something really great. You know, and I think too, as you talk to guys who are good pilots and and can fly, you you can kind of tell what their motivations are. You know, why do they want to be sponsored? Is it simply to ease their the burden of being in the hobby, which let's face it, it's not a cheap hobby to be in. There's just no question. That's true. But but if if you have a more of a more of an altruistic, I guess, motivation, you know, you're here because the simple love of the hobby itself and the wanting wanting to help people and wanting to see people fly. It's all about passion and help. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It is, and I I mean I absolutely love RC helicopters. Um, I mean I've been an RC since I was 11 in various forms, and, um, you know, it's all I think about. I mean, I, I do work, <laughs> but, you know, I'm always thinking about helicopters. My wife will attest to that. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just it becomes a way of life. And, you know, it's it's just it's fun. And, and the, you know, being on these, these various teams, you know, it, it just, it yes, I mean, it, it does help, um, you know, with, with some of the, you know, crash costs and stuff like that. But, you know, we get to... You know the opportunity to uh, to test new products and and help um, uh, you know help develop things and help refine things and um, you know when you when you love being a part of it and you just want to you know give your knowledge to others and it's just fulfilling so it's it's a lot of fun that's that's really why I do it. Yeah, I can agree with that completely. And that's you know this whole podcast thing with Rob and me and everybody else that's helping out with the nation. It's just. You know, there's not a lot of knowledge on my my behalf being <laughs> given out there, but I sure enjoy talking about helicopters and and uh, it's it is it's a passion. It's a it's definitely something that we enjoy thoroughly. JC, are you still awake? Uh barely, man. I'm just barely. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe uh, you know, obviously everybody knows um, X7 just recently, like what what two days ago was released. Uh yeah, Wednesday. Um, yeah. Three days ago, I guess, four days, something like that. But anyway, recently, <laughs> I did happen to see a, a video with uh, Pinion and you unboxing an X7. Yes, sir. That was kind of nice to go through those parts. So, it was cool. Uh, Matt, have you got an X7 yet? Are you going to be right next one? to me? Yep. Very nice. Great. <laughs> it's awesome. He, he sleeps with it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 What's the wife think of that? Is the wife into the menage a trois with the helicopters and all that good uh, stuff? As long as it doesn't touch her too much, she's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no oil on the bed, no, nope. no grease. A little right. tail for some tail, huh? Oh, there my go. gosh. Go. It's got a long boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's longer than 12 inches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. This is going south. Hey, uh, <laughs> let's... 
So let's let's talk about that X7. I mean, uh, you guys that are involved uh, with Team Empire and Gowie, you guys are really excited about this this helicopter. And there's a ton of Gowie fans out there, myself included, that would love to get their hands on this helicopter because the X5 was such a phenomenal success. Oh yeah. There's just no question. I I, I don't care where your bent is as far as what helicopter you prefer. You can't not appreciate the success of the X5 and how how the people who own one just love it to death. Right. Absolutely. So, so now we move into the X7. Give us your initial impressions now that you've got them. Uh, these are the the final release versions. What, what's up? Tell us about them. Uh, the the uh, if you watch the video with me and Pinion, um, you can tell that the packaging was just like no other. Um, we were really happy with the packaging, um, all the parts. Uh, we didn't really have any issues um, with all the parts. So we were really, um, really looking forward to this release, and it's been everything we were looking for. And a lot of time and care was spent on that development. And I know uh, one thing that I really enjoy about Gowie and being involved with it is they involve co- like consumers and fans of that product at a fairly early stage, I know some people that's again, it's like they can't tolerate it quite that much because now they have to wait so long. But it's you know it's very exciting to watch watch it grow from a concept all the way to a finished product and uh, be a part of that. Yeah, you were part of the uh, the Empire Gang before me, and um, uh, I came on just after the X5 was thought of. So basically, um, my involvement was was after that. But you got to see. You know, a 425 cut up and a big main yeah. gear slapped in, you know, so you, you've been there, you know, and that's that's how the, the X5 came to be uh, with uh, with Bobby Watts behind the wheel on that. There's no question. Do you suppose, um, are there any advances in the X7 that we might see kind of retrofitted into the X5, or do you think the X5 is pretty much as good as it gets for that what, size machine? Well, you know, the, the X5 will have a um, – <laughs> everybody seems to call it the potato masher tailbox. Uh, it, <laughs> I don't yeah. – I mean, you could you could uh, plant with it and go out and fly it again. But their, the X4 tail gearbox is going to fit the X5. Um, so it's going to uh, – it's going to be an upgrade. I don't know that the kits are going to come with that tailbox. Uh, per se, but if you wanted to add the the uh, the X7 looking tail gearbox, uh, all you have to do is buy the uh, the X4 uh, gearbox. Yeah, the same kind of deal, just a little smaller. Yeah, yep, and uh, it's pretty beefy. Uh, we're uh, we've been flying the X4 here and loving it, so it's flying uh, just as just as good as the X5. You know, in the realm of the the 700Es that are coming out. You know, X, this X7 has been released amongst a group of other helicopters that, for all intents and purposes, uh, are, are going to be, you know, heavy competitors. One of the things that I'm noticing, a lot of these others, Goblin and uh, 7HV, these are all t- uh, belt-driven tails, but the X7 is, is a torque tube tail. Yes, yeah, torque do you tube. See, do you, personally, I've always liked torque tubes, what I started on. It, do, you, do you look at a... Torque tube is a, an advantage when it comes to the bigger machines. I see it. Uh, I I tend to, to like the torque tube over the belt um, and just about anything uh, because when it gets colder outside, not that I have to deal with that here, um, <laughs> but <laughs> when it when it gets cold outside, the belt or the material can tend to uh, expand or shrink, 
um, when you go from inside to outside. Um, mm-hmm. And that's with any helicopter. You know, aluminums can do that as well. But uh, you see it a lot in, in the tail. And, um, you know, that's just one less thing I have to worry about with it being torque tube is I don't have to keep readjusting everything. Yeah, that it, it just seems – it really seems like a nice helicopter. What are your thoughts, though, in the comparison? I mean, obviously there's a – like I mentioned, there's all these other helicopters coming out. How do you think the X-7 is going to hold up? I mean, obviously you have a bias in that opinion, but – uh, you know, I'll be as fair as I can be. Um, I've never flown a helicopter that can corner as quick as the X-7 um, and, or, or just fly um, that crazy. I mean, we, we've tested head speeds up to 2650, um, and it's pretty freaking impressive. So I really enjoy the X-7 uh, as far as the other models go. I haven't flown a Goblin. Um, I have not flown... Uh, a whiplash which uh, a lot of people are comparing to online <laughs> and uh yeah it's just uh it's it's my my model of choice it's got everything i want in it it can be fast and smooth or it can be slow and stupid as far as smack's concerned there, that's that's yeah. the one for rob slow and stupid <laughs> <laughs> gowie in general it kind of went for some sort of a shift uh with the development of the x5 and and they're doing this. They pretty much modeled that in the same sense in the X7. That I guess the whole overall stance of, of those helicopters is basically for just brute force power if you want to have that. But I, I also agree. You know, you can you can slow those things down, uh, do your hovers, your circuits, uh, do that training that everybody thinks is so boring. But you, it's still exciting to fly because in a heartbeat you can just take off with that bird and. Uh, you know, fill up the sky pretty quick. Well, yeah, and and one of the things you know, I had the opportunity to made mine uh, just a couple days ago, and you know, it's the one thing that really stuck out is it's confidence inspiring. It just it, the way that it feels in the air is different than other, you know, larger 700 size helis that I've flown, and it's you know that definitely helps when you're learning. I mean, if you know if you know that it's it's not going to do anything funky. You know, it's yeah. going to hang in the air a, a predictable amount of time, and it's going to stop in a predictable amount of space. And um, that's what was really amazing to me about this is it flies, you know, the X-5 does that. And this is yep. just a bigger version of the X-5. So it's it's very confidence-inspiring to fly. Let's, um, let's kind of change gears a little bit. And since we've got JC and, and Matt and Rob, who are all pretty knowledgeable when it comes to radio stuff, I've had a few emails in the past asking about – uh, radios, and not just specific radio brands or manufacturers, but a lot of new guys, um, when they come into the hobby, you know, they're faced with this barrage of which radio to get. It can be kind of confusing if you think about it. I mean, what what do they need? They, they don't know what they need, and everyone says, well, you need to get this radio, the DX7 or whatever. When a new person is coming into the hobby, JC, what would you tell them to look for in a radio? Uh, for me... I would tell them to go to their local field and see what the majority of people are flying because when you when you go out and you buy something that there may not be help um, at the local field. So I would personally tell people to go to their local field and see what everybody is flying and make your decisions based on that because those people will probably be able to help you um, more with with that particular brand of radio. What do you, what do you think about that one, Matt? Um, I, I have the same opinion. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, when, when you're, when you're stuck, I've, I've been at the field and had somebody bring me a, 
you know, some radio that I've never heard of before, and it's, you know, it's really hard to help them if you have no idea how the radio works. That's great advice, not only for radios, but for your helicopters or anything. Mm-hmm. What the local guys are doing, you know, it's always a good idea to, to do that. But let's get a little more specific about, you know, there's, there's, there's radios out there that have so many channels and um, uh, beginners looking to get into a helicopter. Do they need a big fancy radio with lots of different functions? It depends on how stupid they want to go. Yeah, right. (laughs) I think, think, you know, if they're going to be a scale guy or they go into it thinking they're going to be a scale guy, then, you know, the eight or more channel radio is going to benefit them more than having Mm -hmm. to buy, you know, a six or a seven channel and then upgrade in a year or two. I think for that, um, it it helps to know, you know, if they want to go into it, you know, all out or not. Yeah, that's a good point because, you know, you have to really take a serious assessment of what it is you want out of the hobby because, really, your radio is the heart of your hobby. And, right. Uh, you hit and if you right on the head. If you don't put a lot of thought into what it is you want, which kind of leads us to kind of a catch-22 with that. I mean, a lot of new people don't don't know. You know, they just want to try it out. You know, they want to try the hobby out. They don't know if they're, they're cut out for it. They're going to end up buying two radios i I would imagine because they're going to buy that first one based on recommendations probably at the minimal level the least expensive option that they have Uh, but then if they want to take the hobby a little more seriously they're going to end up probably with a with a better radio well that's no different than a guy that's been in the hobby for years and when whenever a new radio comes out they have to have it you know right like playing shoes or something yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) I, I mean, it's it's gonna always you're you're always gonna want the newest and greatest thing out there. But I think uh, I think for the new guy coming in, uh, it's definitely definitely nice to maybe sit down and think about where where you want your hobby to go. Like for in my position when I first got into the hobby, um, I didn't know that really a culture existed at all. I just knew I wanted to do it right. And mm-hmm. where I live here, there's really not a big heli scene. There's not a field. Uh, well, I guess there's one field here, and it's mostly airplane guys and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, for me, starting off basic so that I could get decide if I was comfortable with a hobby seemed to work best for me. I know, like right now I fly the 9303, um, but looking back on it, if I would have started, you know, I started with a walker, and it comes with its own transmitter, so I didn't have to think about that. But when I got to a place where I could use a computer transmitter or something like that, if I would have just started with a 9303 or like a 12X or something like that, you know, the learning curve, I think, would be a lot more, a little bit more steep because there would be more things that I'm trying to learn and pay attention to. Uh, because, you know, with a really complicated computer, you know, radio or whatever, like a uh, 12X, 9303, uh, DX8, stuff like that, it can be fairly easy to just jack up your whole helicopter model and not know what you did wrong, you know. Um, so I guess for me, where I'm at, it worked best to do it that way. You know, when I go up to uh, up in Bemidji, there's a, a flying field up there. They have fun flies and stuff like that. Um, there's at least two or three guys out there, and I've seen them flying, you know, nitro, uh, you know, T-Rex 700s or electric, or uh, one guy had a logo, I think, um, and they're all flying DX6Is. You know, I mean, so <laughs> nice. But, right. Well, the point is, functionally, it's able <laughs> to perform a task smart enough for uh, a nitro size 700 class bird, right? Uh, so by all rights, you don't have to move upwards with the radio technology if you don't know if you don't want to you get to make that choice but i think if i would have started right off the bat with as many switches i could get 
one, I probably would have broke it because I, you know, I, I wouldn't know enough yet about how to treat these electronics. That's yeah, absolutely. Four hundred fifty bucks down the drain, you know, if I don't do something stupid because I'm not paying attention or whatever. And I, well, you know, I, I think am, a lot of it is ground up, you know, ground up. Yeah, I I fly the ninety five oh three, and it's a nine channel radio, so I have room because I fly turbines and scale. But in all my all my uh, competition models, you know, I I barely use seven channels. So yeah, you know, it's just where you want to go. You know, and that's one of the nice things about um, about e flight. You know, is a lot of people around here. That's their first helicopter. That's that's what most, all the hobby shops here sell them. And uh, you know, getting something like an MSR or an MCPX, very commonly, or, or even the new larger ones, you know, that's how a lot of people around here get into helicopters. So, if they get the ready-to-fly versions, then they get that. They don't have to make that radio choice. Um, when I went in to buy an MSR, you know, they they recommended that I get a DX7. They said they actually had that conversation, saying, "Well, what do you want to do in the hobby?" And I said, "Well, God, I don't know right now. I can't even hover." So. Um, you know, I decided to, to take their advice and do it, and I'm glad I did because I didn't have to buy again. Right. So you know, and that's so hard though to convince uh, to convince a new person. Well, see, I don't know if these options were available when I started. Uh, these these less expensive entry level options were available. I didn't even look that route. I went straight to a Vibe 50. So my thing was my the initial expense of getting into into the hobby is just outrageous when you're starting out when you have to buy you know your flight support your your kit all your electronics and then on top of that you have to make the decision of spending 400 or 500 dollars on a on a big radio or you know looking on the on the forums i think i ended up buying my dx7 uh, used from heli freak mm -hmm. for like 150 bucks so i went that route no, but at the funny. time at the at the time it was the way to go because I don't, you know, I don't really notice it as much anymore. But uh, in 2009, late 2008, early 2009, the DX7, man, it was the, it was, it, you know, yeah, it was, it, the, had, it, it was the radio. It was the to radio. Have. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, there was just almost no question as to what radio you would start out with the DX7. There's just, there's no, there's no question. But on top of that, I also felt like maybe I wanted a better radio. But I didn't go that route. I eventually ended up with a, a 9303, which I absolutely love. And another part to buying radios is how do they feel? I mean, there's good radios out there. Like, for example, Futabas, I can't stand the way they feel in my hands. They feel small and compact in my hands. I've got big hands. Are you a thumber? Yeah, or a pit? I'm a thumber. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the, the new Futaba 18MZ, I got to play with uh, Andrew Jeske's, uh couple weeks ago actually when matt was here um the one thing that they did do on that radio was they did space out the switches a little more so people with fat yes. fingers like me can get them in between there <laughs> uh and and that was i really give Futaba uh credit for that that was uh that was a good move on their part because the radio did feel more um user friendly for for guys with uh, fat fingers like myself 
Yeah, but that radio is what uh, three grand. <laughs> yeah, that's the price. That's the that's yeah. It's got a camera. I mean, uh, well, you know, actually, it's funny you should mention that. A good friend of the show, Pinion, uh, got in touch with me the other day, telling me that he might uh, be able to squeeze a good deal for an eighteen MZ for me. <laughs> yeah, he, he says he says he says he he has one. Um, didn't really give me any details on it, but uh, he asked me if I was in the market, so I may show up. May show up with one of those one of these days. That's awesome. hot. So. <laughs> For those, our listeners who are new to the hobby, and they're talking to you guys right now, can you let's let's give them an idea of what are the the most basic radio functions that they need to have for their electric helicopter, or if they choose nitro helicopter, what are the most basic functions that you guys feel are essential? Throttle hold. and that's throttle hold is absolutely <laughs> essential in my opinion. <clears throat> Yeah, I I agree with that. Throttle hold has been a lifesaver uh, for a lot of my crashes. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, just the other day I got into a spot I didn't really want to be in, and flipped throttle hold and ended up saving the model. So it was uh, it was it's it's very very user friendly to to be able to hit that switch and maybe save the model. And if you don't save the model, you're not gonna grenade it, you know, on the ground doing the funky chicken. Or go in under power, it'll it'll save a lot of the the parts. Oh yeah, yeah. And you I've become the mat switch, so you know in a consistent place on the radio, so you know it's something you can get to quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've, and you know you know want to know a great trainer for throttle hold switching is the MCPX. That is a, <laughs> it, it really true. Uh, think about it. I mean that, that that thing is such a great trainer for getting used to hitting throttle hold because you're constantly at least I am constantly anyway. Uh, you know, putting that thing in. And so, you know, it's if you hit throttle hold before it goes in, chances are you're not going to do any damage to it. Right. Oh, absolutely. I, I have noticed over the winter that my, my throttle hold capabilities have have uh, immensely increased. <laughs> do you do you just hit throttle hold to hit throttle hold now? Uh, not No. And the only time I hit throttle hold is when it starts to get a little too hairy and the chances are I'm not going to pull it out. And mainly that's when the tail starts to go, which is my number one complaint with the MCPX. Well, you gotta uh, you gotta go brushless on that thing, man. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Let's go down this road. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Let me tell you something, JC. I, I just have a problem with it. I mean, you look at uh, the MCPX, right? You're you, you're paying 100 and what 29 if you're buying the Bind and Fly, maybe 149. I can't remember, but you go to put a brushless kit on that thing, and you're looking at spending more than what the helicopter is worth just for the conversion. Well, and it, now it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it, he says. Well, if you, you have tell- a soldering iron, it's like 60 bucks, though. And the yeah. skills to do it. Well, I mean, you just need good eyes. Uh, well, see, strike two, <laughs> man, strike two. Hey, Matt, yeah. Matt, all I hear is excuses. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. <laughs> There's no reason not to do it. And you, you were talking about, you know, what will brush up your skills. I bought an MCPX a year ago. I flew it for two weeks, and I said, this thing sucks. I hate it. I, I couldn't fly it. It was just hard for me to fly, and it was making me mad. So I sold it, and this year I bought, or this past year, I bought another one after I'd had some time to, to practice and learn and fly all year. I absolutely love it. It's fun to fly now that I've had some experience. Um, it's a great training tool. You know, I mean, it, to try to follow this little itty-bitty thing that's flying around like a pissed-off wasp and having to track it and, and um, you know, control it, it's great for hand-eye coordination. So that brushless MCPX... That may be the ticket for training. 
I reject your reality and substitute my own. <laughs> I t- I'm telling you, dude, I, I just, uh, for me, it's a love-hate thing with that thing, and I say it almost every week, and it's like 90% of the time I hate it. I, I just, the thing is such such a little bastard to, to, keep, to keep flying. You're just I mean, better because you got hit with one. <laughs> yeah, and see, that's the thing, too. Now, actually, I kind of need to do a little bit of retraction. A buddy I fly with, Fred, he heard the show, and I, he said, no, wait a minute, that's not how it happened, man. <laughs> I was the one that was hovering, and you're the one that came in and hit me. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's how it went down, dude. <laughs> but he has a brushless MCPX, and the thing is a little monster, man. It just uh, they're fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I just mine. I just hate anything below a 500. I, I well, hate's a strong word. I dislike anything below a 500. I just don't like small helicopters. I just don't. And that, and that's you know that's that's what makes this hobby great is so many people with different opinions of what they like and what they dislike. Yeah, and I'm sorry, yours is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> also, hey, I've got some news. Rob finally joined the rest of us and picked up an MCPX, didn't you, Rob? Yes, I did. Yeah, man. What, what do you think it. of it, dude? I like you it. Dig it. Yeah, I dig it. My cat digs yeah. it too, but uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a good time. Yeah, I got to tell you, that's the one benefit of the MCPX, is you can annoy the shit out of your animals with it. <laughs> you can fly anywhere. We, you know, and and like uh, like Matt was saying, as a learning tool, we end up selling more MCPXs because they're so uh, they're so crash friendly. I would say yeah. uh, we. I have a guy here who who uh, basically just started flying around inverted, and he started on the MCPX. And that's all he does. He flies MCPX at least every day. And now he's out flying his uh, Galley 425, uh, whipping it around pretty good. So, I mean, it is a great learning tool as far as uh, being able to walk away from mm-hmm. a couple crashes without spending any money. I was going to say, one thing I do like about the micros, because I started this whole hobby on a little Walkera 4.3, uh, you know, about the same size as MSR or whatever, but with the 90-degree fly bar, so no inherent help at all. But the point is, once I started getting the bigger helicopters, even something as small as like a, I had a 300-class helicopter, or even when I first got my Gowie 200, it's almost like I was flying slow motion compared to flying this old tiny thing. Absolutely. So you go out, yeah, you go out and you're flying, you got like a 50-class heli or even a 90-class heli. It feels like you can you know, reach in your pocket, get a stick of gum out, and then finish your flip. And because everything is slow. It seems to slow down so much. So, right, and that's, that's, and that's the, one of the things, too, is – you can if you can fly the little helicopter, you're gonna be able to fly a big helicopter with confidence. Oh yeah. Yeah, there there's just there's simply no question. As much as, as I you know, tell people that I don't like the MCPX, there is just no doubt that it has made entry into this hobby so much easier than it's ever been at this point. I mean, it's it's a great way to get people into the hobby. I just like to see people flying you know, 50 nitros and 50 electrics and, you know, 700Es and that kind of thing. I hear they yeah. secretly made it to get the wives addicted to the hobby with the husbands, but that backfired because the husbands bought them all. So. Well, they should have <laughs> they sh- they should have done a pink canopy then. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No, they're, 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 <laughs> what's going on at Urcha? You guys, the whole Gowie team going to meet up there? We're gonna we're gonna have the the galley power hour and probably Friday night we're gonna have the the team throw down at a station, uh, which turned into uh, tail slides into a trash can last year. 
Um, <laughs> nice. So, so yeah, that's that's going to be the thing. Uh, that's something we do every year. Is, uh, we just have the Gowie Power Hour, um, and we end up drawing a pretty huge crowd. So come by and, and say hi there. But, no, we've got uh, Matt's actually coming out west again uh, two weekends in a row. He's going to be here for Vegas and then Phoenix, and then we're all going down to uh, to Louisiana for the Cajun Heli Fest, and that's going to be a fun one. So that starts off our, our year pretty much in March, uh, the, uh, the second weekend in March through the last weekend in March. I just can't wait to see the, the, these all these new helicopters. Like, I've got a TDR coming. It'll be here in March. Yeah, I and, seen one uh, of those today. That, that thing's cool. sick looking. Yeah, I'm just I, I want a goblin, but I'm gonna wait for a year for it to uh, kind of go through its paces before I pick one of those up. But just so, so many cool things happening in the hobby. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this year. Is there any anything specific you guys want to mention? Uh, talk about? I think it'd be a great time to uh, say uh, welcome Matt Naska to <laughs> to Empire. We never really <laughs> made a, a formal announcement, so. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to be a part of the team. That's awesome. I, I just think, how, how many pilots does uh, Team Empire have now? Uh, really, there's just, um, let's see, there's myself, Mitch Morosis, Andy Ponacilio, Al Austria, and um, Matt Naska. So there's, Empire is really a, a small, small group effort. No, I had the opportunity to meet everybody down in Orlando, and they're just, it's a great group of guys. Just the, the culture, everybody has fun, and, uh, you know, it's a culture of helping one another and flying, and it's just, I am absolutely ecstatic. I, I can't think of a, a better, um, you know, manufactured team to be a part of. Well, not to yeah. mention the first thing we asked them to do was do a, a group flight with us, 3X7s and 3X5s all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, hey, why don't you jump in the middle of this? And he just kind of looked at me like, hey, what, what, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the acid test. <laughs> <laughs> did anybody did anybody hit the dirt no no, no. but i i will tell you we all left with broken helicopters after the weekend so <laughs> well yeah they flew the crap out of those things yeah it was it was a spectacle for sure i mean they um every time you looked at the flight line there was a red and white gowie shirt and um but every 20 minutes there was uh just an x7 just ripping the air out there <laughs> that last flight by mitch was incredible though holy cow Oh God, yeah. I mean, that's it, that in itself is a testament to how strong this helicopter. Because he yeah. was, I mean, he was looked like he was flying it to break. It looked like he hated it. <laughs> he, he, uh, <laughs> at one point, he was in the trees with it. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's going to be an exciting year. Um, you know, it's there's there's a lot of cool things going on, and um, <clears throat> it'll be neat to see uh, kind of at the end of the year reflect on it and uh, just smile. So it'll be cool. Yeah, it sounds really good. Well, Matt NASCAR Driver, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, really thanks for having me. It's been yeah, fun. You bet. We're gonna call JC? him the Big Easy. The Big Easy. <laughs> JC, we as always, we appreciate you coming on anytime. It's, it's always it's always a blast at being on here with you guys. It's it's fun. Yeah, anytime you guys have any news or anything you want to share with our listeners, by all means, give me a jingle. We'll get you on. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on, guys. No problem, man. Yeah, have a appreciate. have a good evening. Hi, this is Dieter, also known as RCD Butts, with your 60-second tech tip. Today's topic, we're talking about helicopter assembly and build process. Anytime you're building a new model, be sure to take time to learn 
all about the mechanics that are specific to what you have. Be sure to read the directions carefully and double check the lengths of all screws with calipers and the locations of all parts. Some parts may look close in a build, but one millimeter can make a big difference. Don't forget to check all the little notes and recommendations on the uses of Threadlock, Grease, and CA. Find other sources if you can, such as forums, YouTube videos, or blogs. If you can, get a local experience pilot to help you look through your setup, explain the mechanics, and perhaps even do that first trim hover for you. When you do that first trim hover, make sure you take it nice and slow, stand back, fly fairly low, and be ready to land at the first sign of any problems. This has been your RC Heli Nation Tech Tip. And by the way, happy early Valentine's Day, guys. Valentine's uh, Day? What's that? thought it was National Singles Discrimination Day. <laughs> so there we go. There was uh, Matt Naska and J.C. Zanko. That's a great interview. What do you think, Jake? You were there. You didn't say a lot, but you did listen in. Yeah, no, I thought it was a great interview. I think, uh, you know... We talk a lot about Gowie here, and I think it's mainly because Rob and I both have Gowie, and, and it's really been an awesome helicopter. And I'm I'm pretty excited about the X7. I really, really want one, but I had to put some money into the show, <laughs> so I couldn't really afford one. But I'll get one soon. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a hit. I mean, the X5, man, Gowie just really brought themselves up uh, a few notches, you know, because wasn't too long ago you, you talked about a Gowie and people would look at you with disdain, you know, cross-eyed. It, it just really wasn't a very quality machine, but certainly not the case now. Who'd we lose? You back, Brian? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Where'd you go? I don't know. It just went by and Skype did the thing. It, like, faded to black. Trying to use the mouse with your left hand doesn't work. I didn't touch right. the mouse. I'm just sitting here looking and talking. So anyway, thanks, uh, thanks Matt and JC for coming on. We look forward to having you guys on again soon. It was a lot of fun. So I, I've got a I've got a question, and and we'll see what you guys think about it. And it was a okay. topic that's on RC groups that's been going on for a couple of days, I guess. And what do you think? You know, during your setups, you're pretty much your most critical part of your helicopter. If you miss parts in setup, you risk having very very bad maiden flights. But, you know, when you go to checking blade tracking and checking your pitch range and whatnot, especially with your blade tracking, what do you think? Do you think it's, it's, it's I don't know, feasible or wise to strap a heli down, say, a 550 or a 600 down to uh, a work table or maybe like a, like a sawhorse with weight on it? What do, you, what do you think? You know, and spooling it up. That's what I, I think. That solve that one. You know, here's the deal. Uh, you know, helicopters, they start to generate resonance. And if it's strapped down, that resonance just works its way through the machine and eventually shakes itself to death. Exactly. I've seen videos of people doing that. And, you know, when I first started, uh, I'm going to admit a total new mistake. Now, uh, you know, I, I tell everybody that the Vibe 50 was my first helicopter. It's, it's true, but there is one caveat. I did have an Axe 400 for like seven seconds. Yeah. Fastest but four let me seconds tell you, in Dan's life. <laughs> they, don't call me the, they don't call me the seven second wonder for nothing. All right. I was, uh, I actually had this, I was checking the tracking. Total noob holding the helicopter in one hand, right? And spooling it up. 
checking the tracking because I thought this is how you did it, mm-hmm. right? And even at that, even holding the helicopter with my hand, which does have give, you know, you're going to have a little bit of give in your hand. Just don't do this, guys. I'm telling you, this was a serious, serious flaw. Serious mistake. Should have never done this. I didn't get hurt, luckily. But the point is, even at that point, I could feel the resonating vibrations, right? I could feel it. So if you have if you have your helicopter strapped down, and I've seen them too, and you guys have probably seen these uh, these um, practice stands where they're like on a spring or whatever, yeah. right? And you can, uh, I just don't understand how, and people buy these things, right? Yeah. When I first got into it, like I said, I got the, the Blade CP and that thing was a pile of garbage and I flew it anyways. But um, at the same time, a friend of mine got an old Sport 500. I don't know if you guys have ever seen one or not. Um, Ran off an airplane engine, fixed pitch, and we took it out and we took two massive pipes and put it through the skids. But the manual said to do that. So, I mean, that's... With a helicopter like that, that that was that old and fixed pitch, it didn't react the same way a CP would, but... You know, it, it still didn't feel safe doing it that way. Yeah, it's it's just not. So tell us about this thread on RC groups, man. What are they What are they saying? Well, you, you're getting different schools of thought and opinion on it, and it's kind of I don't know. It's it, it's it looks like it might become a flame war, but you know, you're getting guys, you know, different uh, different points of view, you know, safety wise, and you get other guys that uh, one 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 member mentioned. He's well, I've, I've set up over fifty helicopters, and there's no problem with it, and you know, it, all it takes is that one moment, that one moment. I mean, to me, you know. Checking pitch and checking your blade tracking, I mean, how hard can it be? You, you go out to a spot where you do your test flights and you spool it up to your operating operating RPMs and you pop it off the ground and you look at it. If your blade tracking's off, you mark one blade and you adjust it. And if the, the pitch gets better, then you know you're going the right way. If it gets worse, you go back and you unadjust that blade and fix the other one and start all over. It takes just a right. couple of seconds, and you don't risk being within, you know, five feet of that helicopter to check your 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 check your blade tracking. I just, oh, that's I don't know if it's a good for the goose, good for the gander thing. I just I don't see it as being, I don't know, feasibly safe. I know my helicopters, I've got them spinning at probably close to way too high of RPMs in the first place, and I don't think I'd want to do that. Strapping a helicopter down is just not a good idea. Even if you're standing far, even if it's not even a safety concern, if you're standing far enough away, and you're you know you're standing behind plexiglass and nothing's going to hit you, if you want to destroy your helicopter, strap it down and check, right? But I got to tell you another thing is, I, I've when I set my helicopters up, I check for zero at zero. I've never had a blade tracking issue. Yep. And especially um, if you balance your blades. Yeah, and you know you set you like you said you pull the thing up, put it at eye level. It's really it's really easy to tell, and not only can you see it, but you can hear it if you listen close enough. You can hear when your blades are out of track. Can't you? Do you yeah. Can you get? Do you guys agree yeah. with that? Yeah, yeah I can. There's hear it. a certain amount of instability that comes with a lack of tracking too. Yeah, there's instability when I fly anyway, so that's kind of out of the equation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I usually actually have a friend of mine check my tracking. I'll put it up in a hover, and I just concentrate on keeping it perfect, and he checks my tracking for me. So Yeah, I've actually I've, I've noticed, too. We, I do the same thing, and um, uh, I've noticed if you concentrate too hard on what the blades are doing, sometimes you actually lose track of what the actual helicopter's doing. Oh, look, a mailbox. But, uh, 
Yeah. Or that, or you just, the background really starts to mess with, with, you know, like for me, it's like there's a bunch of trees around our field. So at eye level, I'm, I've got a nice solid green background to look at, but, uh, occasionally it starts to, my eyes start to play games with me if I'm focusing too hard on what the blades are doing, but guys, I wouldn't recommend it. I know there's, uh, people out there that do it and, um, there's people out there that do a lot of things I probably wouldn't recommend and they've never been hurt, never had any issues, but you, you gotta, I guess you got to play the odds, man. I mean, I just don't understand a need for it to do that. But uh, I guess if that's your, if that's your uh, mo, like, and it's working for you, I suppose. All I know but is I, I certainly I've been hitting the head with an ejected blade off of an MCPX, and that was bad enough. I saw stars and it yeah. drew blood. I called you after that one, didn't I? So, yes, you yeah, did. I mean, yep. I, I can't imagine taking you know a 600 millimeter blade and having that come in any contact with my body with any measure of force exerted upon it with a you know a, a snapped feathering shaft bolt or you know catastrophic fe- i just I, I don't know i, I don't want to risk that yeah well also too there's also the fact that you know, i don't like to put a lot of time into checking it because it, it you, you just pull it up and you can tell you can see it i get a little leery when i'm spinning my blades at eye level i also hate it when my tail is like if you're doing some hovering or whatever and the tail's facing yeah Oh, isn't that isn't that nerve wracking? That's why you kick it. That's oh, why that's... you kick it at a forty-five, Dan. I, dude, that's my that's how I that's how I roll forty-five. I'm working like I said the other night. I'm I'm up to about 40, 49 degrees now. Make a warm so weather I, dick know. out of him yet? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's right. Embrace it. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I uh, as much as I like to give you guys crap, I I would gladly take on the moniker of warm weather dick. Especially this time of year. Oh, yeah. You have an oh, open God. invite anytime you want to come down here, Dan. You got an extra room, yes, do you? Yes, sir. So I can stay all winter? Um. <laughs> how much yeah. do you eat? Well, I can pay rent. How much do you eat? <laughs> Probably more than you want me to. Can I claim you on my taxes? Absolutely. All right, I'll talk to Renee when she gets home from work. Brian and I actually had a conversation a while ago about crashing and the... Uh, the effects, uh, the mind games it plays on you. I know it does for me, uh, especially especially when it's a mechanical failure. If it's a dumb thumb thing for me, it doesn't really affect me. And in fact, I hear guys saying, if I crash it once, I just pack up and go home. That's If I crash it because it's something I did, I'll fly every helicopter I got. Uh, I'll keep flying because it's you know it was a mistake that I made. But mechanical failures can really mess with you mentally. What do you do, Brian, when you when you find yourself in that situation? Do you let it bother you? No, I shrug it off, grab another helicopter, and see what else I can destroy. It doesn't give you any intrepidation at all to just, like, go, oh, this goddamn cat. No, I, it, it, it doesn't give me any intrepidation to go, oh, this goddamn cat. <laughs> um, God, this crooked head is just working my final nerve. No, I uh, I mean, like when I crashed my 450, um, you know, we're sitting there doing nice little rainbows, and it receiver browned out, and just... Whack! Inverted into the ground. And I did the, the pseudo walk of shame, picked it up, and kind of realized the tail was bent at about a 160-degree angle from where it was supposed to be. And I unplugged the battery pack, walked back over to the to the bench, and while everybody's looking at my helicopter, I grabbed my 700E and plugged her in, and off me and the chaos went into the wild blue yonder. I, I've got to the point, I just, I don't think about it. I know crashing's part of it. You and Terra Firma are going to become one sooner or later. And if it happens, it happens. Rebuild it and go on. Um, I'm not going to let a crash bother me. It gives me some uh, 
some Zen time so I can put that tweak or whatever I might have been thinking about doing to my helicopter. It gives me an excuse to do it. I, I don't worry about it. How about you, Jake? Does uh, crashing bother you? Um, it used to. It used to. I I had a 400 for a while that, you know, I'd, I'd put it in and I would just put it on the shelf for like a month and I wouldn't fly or do anything. And then uh, I got over it. Um, last mechanical, well, I guess it was electronic, but um, I had a gyro go on me mid-flight and, you know, start pirouetting everywhere and in it went. And, well, it was a good time to upgrade. That's when my uh, Gowie lost its fly bar. For me, guys, uh, crashing, I'm going to be the first to admit that pretty much I can think of two occasions only out of all the crashes I've had where it wasn't uh, me dumb-thumbing it in. Uh, one time with the Gowie, and this was... And it wasn't really a, well, it was a mistake on my part, but it, it happened during flight. I didn't pay close enough attention to the sanding of the of the frames, and my ESC wire got little, shorted little out. Yeah, it shorted out on the frame, and of course lost all power. And, and uh, actually, considering how high I was up in the air, um, it, it didn't do a whole lot of damage. I think I just busted some the landing gear because it bounced a little bit too hard, but... And that Bergen of mine, that thing, um, it it had some serious mechanical issues in air. But most every crash that I've had has been because I I did something stupid. So, like we said, when you're first starting, and and we've said this many times, talking about many different topics, you know, when you get over the fact that crashing is part of the game, it it makes flying a lot more fun, don't you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it still shakes me up, but, you know, that's half the fun of it sometimes. Chances are, when you crash, you've learned something. Well, hopefully you've learned something. <laughs> you know, if you <laughs> if you keep repeating the same crash over and over, maybe you need to reconsider what you're doing. But uh, a lot of the times, too, I've found, guys, that, that crashing, um, cra- the one, you know, occasional crash when you're pushing yourself, that's completely part of it. And that's, that's in fact, for me, that's awesome. If I'm doing something really new and exciting... Uh, if I crash it and I at least pulled it off once or twice before I crashed, you know, it's like, all right, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing something that I've never done before. Yeah, you're pushing yourself but outside you, of your comfort zone. But if you continuously, if you're continuously crashing, doing that, well, you need to back it up a little bit and not step so far out of your safety envelope. Yep. You know, I think the key to that is to just go ahead and push yourself just beyond and then bring it back in and then just do it again and then bring it back in. Eventually, you're going to just expand that envelope and. And, uh, you know, you're not going to be doing things that are so far out of your ability that you're going to be crashing a lot. Because let's face it, crashing is part of the game, but uh, it can certainly drive a guy out of the hobby. And their wallet, too. uh, Yeah. 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 Make you end up sleeping on the couch, all that good stuff. You've talked to my wife. Which I don't have to worry about. (laughs) Yeah. I would imagine that you uh, you crash more than the average guy there, huh, Brian? Ah. You know, I don't crash near as much as I used to. Um, <laughs> I'd say the ratio is probably about one and maybe uh, knock on wood. But uh, I'd say probably about one and maybe 200 to 250 flights. You know, that's of course, that's with all my birds. Um, yeah. I mean, they, but they, they do happen. And I just, I, I've learned and, I mean, I've, I've you know, I, I fly with some really great guys down here in Houston and, and you know, watching their their psyche, you know, they they slam a bird into the deck, and you know, you just kind of, oh look, that natural's doing a chicken dance. That's awesome. 
But you look at them <laughs> walking over to it, and they're smiling like, that was cool. That link popped off. You should have seen it. Dude. Yeah, that'll buff out. And they just grab another bird, and off they go. You know, and it's... I guess it's rubbed off on me. I just, I don't sweat it. You know, crashes are going to happen. And my thinking is if I let it affect my psyche, I think it's going to detract from my fun and it's going to affect my learning curve. You know, I'm, I'm no super duper 3d smackdown pro. I like big air. And yeah, I've had times where I'm wide open and you know, I, I, I had a battery pack come unplugged on my, uh, my, uh, 600 E and I was, you know, I do this little thing where I just shoot straight to the sky and I'll do kind of like a, a aileron roll, and I'll do a hard pirouette and shoot back towards the deck and pull out right right at the last second. And uh, yeah, I did that pirouette one time, and it I was like, oh, it's perfect, it's awesome. Look at that nose, just alignment's great, beautiful transition. And I realized I've got no control over my helicopter. Battery yeah. came unplugged, and it went. <laughs> So anyway, guys, we're kind of wrapping up the show. If you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at dan at rchelionation.com. Uh, Rob, if you want to get in touch with him, he's at rob at rchelionation.com. If I wanted to get in touch with you, Brian, how would I do that? You can get in touch with me, well, with uh, smoke signals if it's not too cloudy. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, you can get in touch with me at brian at rchelionation.com. And that's with a Y, B-R-Y-A-N. Because if, you do, it with an, not if you do it with an I, I'll never get it. <laughs> How about you, Jake? How would I get in touch with you? Um, well, I'm almost always on the Instant Messenger on the website, or I am Jake at rchellynation.com. I love the Instant Messenger thing because I get to talk to listeners of the show directly, and it's just really cool to be able to just interact. And people ask questions. They give suggestions straight across with the uh, Instant Messenger. That's one of many things you've done to the webpage, Jake. And um, I just don't even know how to thank you. I mean, the the, the improvements are just phenomenal. What do you uh, What do you have in store? What do you, are there any big new changes you're thinking about? Um, well, the most recent change, um, which probably should have gone in our news section, but that's okay, um, is we added uh, Tapatalk to the forum there, so people can access it from their mobile devices easier. Excellent, and that's also another point too. We did start up a show support forum, and as I've said before. This isn't designed to take the place of your standard uh, resource forums, uh, HeliFreak, RunRider, all these other forums that you guys go to. This uh, this is kind of a conversation forum for the show. If you've got some suggestions, and we do have some general topics and and some other things, it's, it's kind of taken off. And Jake and I decided that we should make that available to the public, which we did. And uh, it's really starting to spark up some uh, some usage up in there, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, there's some good conversation going on. So if you have any suggestions or anything uh, you'd like to mention on our forum, just go ahead and use that. And, um, you know, the Nation Network, uh, it's kind of an extension of the forum. It's just another thing. And plus we've got, we're starting to get quite a few reviews and uh, builds. Not not so many builds, I guess, but hopefully we'll have one here soon when Jake gets his uh, gets his goblin, right? Yeah, yeah. they're saying either the end of February or the end of March, depending on which batch I ended up in, which they won't tell me. So so that means I'm going to have my TDR before you have your goblin. Yes. Awesome. So you can well, send it to me, and I can build that. it and do a video, and then I'll send it back to you after I crash it. No, that's Rob's, that's Rob's area. I got the target bag. 
<laughs> so Facebook guys, it's coming along. We're getting closer and closer to the thousandth like. We're at uh, 800. Last I checked, 806, I believe. Um, once that hits a thousand, we're going to go ahead and give away the the uh, 450 clone kit that we got, and then uh, we're going to randomly select uh, those of you who have liked our show or liked our Facebook page. We're going to randomly select somebody to win a Chaos 700 Nitro Flybart kit. Yes. And big thanks to Cliff at RC Aerodyne, ScaleFlying.com. Check them out. they got everything you need for scales, scale helicopters, and also the Chaos line, uh-huh. which is becoming... Uh, I actually am planning on picking one up here in the next few weeks, so I'll be able to talk more directly about that helicopter as well. Mine's still going to be prettier than yours. I've got new RJX blades on my 550. <coughs> yeah, but you'll, cra- you'll be crashing those soon. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'll tell my mama. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it, and we will see you next week. See ya! This has been a production of RC Heli Nation. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to contact us on our page at www.rchelination.com. And if you'd like to support our show by donating, there's a Donate Now button right on our page. Mm-hmm.